Welcome back to the weekly weigh-in. This is Alan Sterk. Today we are going to be previewing UFC 216. It's, a, I would say, pretty solid card given the circumstances. As always, I'm with my main man, Eric Delgado. What's going on, guys? Getting ready for some fights after a week off? Yeah, pay-per-view. I, and yeah. we actually have two title fights. I, don't know, I feel like it's been a while since not just the whole two-title format, but just like a big title fight. Like it's been some time. Not to take anything away from Nunez Shevchenko, but like even though this is an interim fight, like yeah. I think it has major ramifications. Yeah, I mean, and it's also it's also the lightweight belt. So that what that means is you have a lot of lightweights on the card, which is always always makes for makes for a better card. Two reliable ones too. Yeah, not the not to throw more shade at Khabib, but man, <laughs> still the biggest in a year of many disappointing things. That was easily the most disappointing. Yeah, but uh, given that. They have MSG and I assume some big plans for December. I think they organized this pretty well. I, at first, it looked very bleak, mm-hmm. but having Demetrius now on it and at least getting Tony Ferguson fight because people forget Ferguson has a fall since last November. Yeah, for a guy that talented to be out a year when he's been pretty much healthy, I haven't heard anything about him being injured. It's it's been kind of unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you had to be pull out pull out of that fight, um, but. Like you said, there's a, there's a lot of big cards coming up, and I think they did a pretty good job with this one, being that it's com- it's the pay per view before MSG, which you know is going to be stacked. Or we already know is stacked. Yeah, because last year I think was uh, Bispingendo, which yeah was was what it was. <laughs> hey, it was wildly entertaining, it was entertaining, but it was very controversial just how it all was all booked and it was just it was weird. It was in Manchester at four a.m. Yeah. It was just. It's a weird situation, but I, I could respect the fact that they got creative a bit. They let Bisping defend the title in the hometown. Like I'm not sure why this fight's in Vegas, but I guess they just have to fit the bill. Yeah, I mean, you also had the that, that card. It was it was for what it was worth. It was it was all right. We, I remember we were at we were at a, a local bar around here. Yeah, because uh, I remember OSP. You were, you were going crazy about Vitor, and I was like, oh, dude, Musashi's <laughs> gonna run him over. And, but yeah, J- Jimmy Manuel slapped uh, uh, OSP. Oh man, that was crazy. Yeah, dude, OSP went like limb. It was like, yeah, it was like Rashad Evans Machito, except uh, Rashad's face was <laughs> just that infamous beam. But oh my god, yeah, because people didn't know what to expect from OSP because that was his first fight coming off the Jones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, it was a, it was actually. Somewhat entertained, but I, I have higher expectations given that we have two tough fights. We have a huge heavyweight fight and some underrated lightweight bats. They yeah. did a smart job putting a ton of lightweight fights yeah. on this card because mm-hmm. you got to use that division for what you know, what it offers. And that's just, you know, you have 30, 35 high-level fighters. Just they could easily be top 15. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. So we're going to go into the prelims. Uh, there's about, I would say, two notable ones, both in the lightweight division. We're going to start off with Bobby Green making his return. Hopefully, someone changed up his style after just taking some beatings after... And shrugging him off like... Yeah, <laughs> just his style. I think he's had to alter a bit, but he's going against Lan Venata, who that's a madman itself. Very good matchmaking all around. What do you think of this yeah. fight, Eric? I mean, I love it. I'm, I'm a huge Lan Venata fan. Uh, he, did, he, ha- he fought Tony Ferguson, who's in the main event on his first UFC fight, stepped in short notice, and he... I mean, I know he got finished in the second round, but he he put up a good fight in that first round. He he kind of made a name for himself right there. Next fight, he had the, the John McDessie knockout. I I don't I think that was a knockout of the year contender, and it was in December. It was a couple of weeks before the end of the year. Um, his last four his last fight was on the Woodley 
uh, Wonder Boy 2 card, an underwhelming card, but that was a, actually a really, really good fight. Just, I think it might have started up off the pay-per-view. I'm not... No, it was co-main. It was, oh, oh, yeah. yeah it was, it was so weird, yeah. but it was co-main. Yeah, boy, was I off on that one. But it was it was a really good it fight. They put over Judo Den and Rashad. <laughs> yeah. Shameful. <laughs> I mean, and it was it was definitely a lot better than the main event. But, uh, yeah, it was a it was a big striking battle. Venata got outclassed in that fight. Um, he he kind of showed that he does a lot of, like, showcase techniques, um, but didn't put everything together. He was kind of throwing stuff to throw it. Um but at the same time, he can knock you out from anywhere. He he had he has these insane techniques that that you have to be wary of. Um, for Bobby Green's side, I mean, y- you got a guy who who's on, I believe, a three fight skid. Uh, yeah, you're correct. Yeah, but he bought, he he beat uh, Josh Thompson before that. Um, that was like three years yeah, ago. Yeah, I know. And that was very Seen controversial. But he, yeah, he's been soon. he's been uh, decimated by injuries. Yeah, Bobby Green he, when he came, ACL. When he, had, when he came into the UFC, there was some big high hopes for him, and he has that crazy style. But yeah. it seems like that style has kind of uh, been to his detriment. Yeah, I mean, he also has like a crazy backstory. He he, I mean, he grew up in a rough neighborhood, but not not. To, I think it was two or three years ago, or a few years ago, his his brother had gotten shot and killed in a drive by shooting. Um, so he he has he has like an, a crazy story, uh, but as far as skill wise, man, he has really good boxing. He's one of the few, if only UFC fighters that uses the shoulder roll technique. <laughs> He's the only one I've ever seen. Um, he has good boxing. He has decent wrestling. He has good uh, decent kicking. He has all the talent in the world. But uh, you gotta wonder if he can put it together for a full fight. Now uh, he's not getting younger. Like you said, he's been decimated by injuries. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, he's more of a pure boxer. While Lando, you could say, is just wild west kicks. Like he yeah. throws so many spinning wheel kicks. Like remember his last fight, he just kept throwing them, and he eventually got telegraphed a bit. But yeah. I think it's, it's a good clash of styles. But I think Lando's just more active in terms mm-hmm. of like he could actually pressure more. Because Bobby Green, he likes to counter a lot. Yeah, and gets a wild man like Lando. You could you're asking for it, and I just don't know where Bobby Green's not just where his head's at, just what he's capable of at this point because. Mm-hmm. He really came into UFC as this aggressor, and lately, I think yeah. whether he's too over reliant on being a counterfighter or he just doesn't have it in him to push more, I'm not sure. But I, I'm, I'm heavily leaning Lando here. Yeah, I mean, Owen three two man, you got to think he's on the chopping block. If if he loses this fight, it's it, it might be it for him in the UFC. He might turn into a grappling. He's actually a pretty solid wrestler. Yeah, because uh, I remember it's a horrible example, but he's actually won by. A, favorite fighters that went on bully beatdown you're a bully beatdown <laughs> yeah. so he wanted to show oh man who did he fought this chubby dude that was just i think he was bullying a couple skaters and like mayhem like i was listening with him and mayhem miller mayhem miller was really talking about his grappling and then how good it is and we were really seen in the ufc because he just likes to put on a show but yeah. maybe he pulls it out here because because for all mayhem miller's antics and just head shaking headlines like he's yeah. For Mayhem to praise your grappling means a lot because that dude's legit. I almost choked out Jake Shields. So I'm going to go Venata by decision just because I'm more confident what he brings to the table at this point. But if Bobby Green could turn us to a wrestling match, yeah. I, I think it's his advantage because I don't really know much about Lando as a wrestler. Yeah, uh, I'm going Venata by, by TKO, second round. Um, he has, I think all three of his fights also, by the way, have gotten uh, performance bonuses. I think he got fight of the night against Ferguson, fight of the night against uh, 
McDessie. Tamer. And McDessie was knockout of the night. I, be- I mean, I'm not sure. but No, I'm- that was definitely knockout because that was the same car as Cub Swanson and Duho Choi. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I think it was at the, the Toronto or Montreal. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Canada. Yeah, but that was so that was a stack card. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, I'm going I'm going Venata by, by, by TKO. Um, you know, like you said, I don't know what Bobby Green really can bring to the table right now. If 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 he turns into a wrestling match, you, I mean, he can he can eke out a decision. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I mean, I think Venata is the much safer pick here. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Next fight: Will Brooks versus Nick Lentz. Possible loser gets cut. I don't know, but. Talk about two lightweights that desperately need a win or just a showcase performance in itself. It's these two. Yeah, I mean, I like you. Will Brooks came into UFC with such high expectations. He beat Michael Chandler twice, knocked him out once. Uh, the other one I think was a split decision. Um, he uh, he has one loss in Bellator, I think, and he was he was. I believe so because he had at least like three towel defenses. Yeah, he was. Yeah, t- uh, two towel defenses. Yeah, yeah, he was nineteen and one. Yeah, I mean. It, he came over with so much hype. People expected him to be like thrown into the to the title contention at 155, and he he started off with that Ross Pearson fight that he won by decision. wasn't anything too like spectacular, but I, at the end, you weren't walking away from that fight like, oh, this guy's not that good. But since then, uh, the he fought Charles and Alex Oliveira, I think, and both finished him. And Alex was a tricky situation because he missed weight yeah. and he had the heavy yeah. weight advantage. You could just tell when. When Alex got uh, top position on, it was just yeah. Was, like when he got mounted, it was just you could tell mm-hmm. the difference of weight. And yeah, that this is true also. But the the last fight was very concerning because Oliveira, I view always view him as a one forty five. I know yeah. he's had problems with weight cutting, but I think it's more of a discipline thing than actual size thing. Yeah, because mm-hmm. Dubronx as I like to call him, I yeah. just I always imagine him being one forty five. Like when you look at one fifty five, he kind of looks outsized, and for Brooks to just get, he just got destroyed, destroyed in that. Yeah. He, uh, Alvaro took his back and yeah. just choked him out. He he lost pretty handily. And for Wilbrooks, I'm still confident that he could pull this one out, but he's got to make sure his wrestling's on point because Nick Lentz, that dude's going to shoot for relentless double legs and yeah. he will make it not, very <laughs> He will not hesitate to make this ugly. He's going to get in your face. He's not going mm-hmm. to look to get into a kickboxing match. And uh, I think Wilbrooks, it'd be better for him to do that, use yeah. his reach. Uh, I know you you mentioned this last last week when we were inter- when we were interviewing we were talking about um, Uriah Hall how he took some time off. Now Will Brooks mentioned on Twitter I think right after his last loss or or a little bit after that you might not see him for a while. He needed to take time to to get his like mind right. So I, I think that does a lot for fighters. Uh, I, I hope he's coming back completely refreshed and and regaining some of this. I don't want to say hype, but regaining some of this confidence that he had coming over from Bellator. Yeah, just momentum in general. Yeah, mm-hmm, exactly. Uh, I think he's the. Be- I think I don't even think I, I'm pretty sure he's the he's the better fighter here. I think if we were seeing Will Brooks um, at his Bellator level against Nick Lentz, I don't really think it would be particularly close. I think uh, Lentz is also another guy who came up from 145. Uh, he just had his first loss to at, at lightweight uh, against Makachev, I believe, was who he fought last. Yeah. Um, that was on the Brooklyn card. I was there. Uh, yeah, Sorry man. about that. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, there was one finish, and it was Jacare uh, <laughs> against Bosch. But, um, yeah, I, I think here, I'm, like you said, Nick Lentz could make it ugly. Um, I'm, I'm a fan of Will Brooks. I, I want him to be do, to do well in, in the UFC. Uh, so I'm going Will Brooks by decision. I'm going Will Brooks, third round, rear naked. 
think he's, I think he's just gonna not only just use reach, but I could see uh, Lentz, which again desperate and Warbrooks is very good in the clinch. That's another thing where because I think I wonder what their reach advantage is in this fight, but he's so long and lanky. Mm-hmm. I can see Brooks doing serious damage yeah. there. So uh, I think it's a good f- fight for him just to regain his momentum and just because. I, I still think he'd be a player because yeah, I mean, he's, a, he's a complete package. It's unfair. Like you don't beat Michael Chandler off flu twice. Yeah, like, that's just remarkable. Like people consider Chandler to be overall like top five right now. Like you could put Chandler in the UFC. Yeah, and he I could you could do serious damage. So the talent is there. There's yeah. no question about that. I, I think he's taking what six months off. That's a yeah. pretty decent. Like I would have liked me a little bit more, but yeah. if he's confident, we all know Will Brooks. He's a big believer in stuff. Like you could yeah. tell he fights with a chip on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. So. I am definitely looking forward to that. So, uh, another lightweight fight. We got Benil Dariush versus Evan Dunham. Possibility that this could be a dud given that they're both grappling based fighters, yeah. both heavily rely on it. But Dariush is known for mixing up a bit. Yeah. Uh, I, I do want to point out, I think for now, as, as of the time that we're speaking right now, this is kicking off the main card. I, I would assume they would put another fight, move a fight up. Um, yeah, it could be Will Brooks. Yeah. Uh, I think they would. Um, but I'm sorry. Can you repeat what you just said? What do you mean? You said uh, this could be a dud. And, oh, oh, I think it could be a dud because both are grappling based. Yeah, yeah. like uh, Dunham. I can't remember the last time he's had a finish because I remember. I remember he fought Russ Pearson a couple of years ago, and like he, I know Russ Pearson's very susceptible getting taken down, but Evan Dunham, he's just not someone that you've seen with great kickboxing or just looking for a knockout blow. He's not particularly vicious. He just he likes getting you on the ground. Whether it's getting the side control or taking your back yeah. in, he just—he's very technical in that aspect. But Benil Darius, I think he brings a little bit more to the table. He's more well-rounded because I—you I, saw against Barbosa, he was getting to a slugfest and yeah. he was doing really well. I know he unfortunately was on the receiving end, just a brutalizing knockout. But Darius isn't afraid to mix it up, and I think that will definitely benefit him in this fight. And I also think he has the cardio advantage because Darius, I'm not sure if he's still with uh, Rafael Cordero, but I know he's like. Experience at Kings, and you know, talk about Kings, he doesn't get much more high level than that. Mm-hmm. Let me clarify that though, because I know a lot of people like Dosanios left Kings, yeah. I'm not sure if Verdum's still there, and it's been a bit of a transition. And uh, I, I think Dunham, Dunham's on a four fight win streak, I believe, but but prior to that, he had lost like four of his five fights. I mean, it, it was to like RDA, uh, I think Cerrone and Edson Barbosa was another one, he, he lost three of those, um, but. He has good takedown defense. Um, he again, he's a black belt in BJJ under Robert Drysdale. Um, like you said, they're grappling based. I think I think Dariush could do more. I think he like you said, if he comes out like he did against uh, Barbosa, I think that was more stylistic because you don't Barbosa doesn't really like to be pressured like that. But if he comes out like that, and Dunham's not going to do what Edson Barbosa does. He's just not. <laughs> so yeah, two it, completely different. Exactly. Players. Yeah. So um, I I just think Dar- Dariush is the better fighter. I'm I'm going Dariush by decision. I'm going go Dariush second round TKO. I think Dariush is gonna mix up. Yeah. Uh, I think he's a better boxer and Dunham. While he is pretty disciplined, I just, I wonder. He's been in UFC forever. Like, I wonder mm-hmm. when eventually he's gonna slow down. Like yeah. You look at his four wins. Like he beat Lozon. I think Rick Glenn. Like he's been in a yeah. couple. Like different feral matchups. Dariush I still believe is a top ten caliber lightweight you. and. Yeah. He's somebody I think come off that Darius uh, Barboza loss. He's gonna come out with a bigger chip on his shoulder. So I, I could see this being like on 
a night of a lot of well-known fighters, I could see it making one of the bigger impressions, just something yeah. nasty. So uh, that's another thing that I, I was going to mention is I think it for me, it comes down to how he, he responds after a knockout like that because that was a very, very brutal knockout. Um, I mean, these guys are competitors, but like physically, it's it's been a while. I'm, I'm sure he's he's recovered, but but mentally, that that's got to be hard to overcome. Being being like dominant in a fight like he was, or maybe not dominant, but be, winning a fight and then getting hit with a flying knee out of nowhere and and getting brutally knocked out. So uh, I know that the the threat of that isn't necessarily here. So maybe this is a good fight to to rebound off of. But I just want to see where he is mentally. But. And look, Denham does possess something on the ground. Like, let's not forget. I oh, remember yeah, uh, yeah. uh, Kiesa submitted uh, Darius with rear naked. Yeah. So it's not like, even though Darius is uh, well credentialed as just a grappler in jujitsu, mm-hmm. like, we, Kiesa took his back and choked him out. It was a pretty big statement at the time. Yeah. So I'm not saying Darius is more events. I just think he brings way more to the table mm-hmm. against a guy like Dunham, who's somewhat one dimensional. Yeah. So, next fight, oh, an actual. Top 10 heavyweight caliber fight. We're talking about two monster names. Fabricio Verdom against the Black Beast himself, Derek Lewis. Gugli Mugli. This is a pretty fascinating fight. Well, this is my favorite fight on the card. Well, I, I like the main event also. But this is... Uh, I don't know if you saw recently Derek Lewis posting on uh, all those videos on Instagram. And he looked... Uh, it, it's, it's, it's video posts on like Instagram and websites. But he looked he looked slimmer. He looked a little bit more lean, and he looked quick. He was moving quick. His, his striking looked really good. Um, listen, he has the reach advantage. He has the size advantage. Does he really have the reach advantage? The, he's, he's the big Redeem's long. Yeah. Uh, let me let me double check on that. I'm curious I'm, about that because when I, I picture Redeem, he you look at the his previous fights, he does a really nice jab. He, uh, the front kicks to the body used a lot against mm-hmm. Cain Velasquez. Now, I know reach doesn't evolve the like, kicks, but... Yeah. But I don't picture Derek Lewis had like Derek Lewis throws some freakish stuff, but you don't really see Derek Lewis throwing jabs or anything. Okay, so um, but I'm really curious about yeah, this. Yeah, so Verdum has a 77 inch reach, and Derek Lewis is 79. Derek Lewis has that big of a reach. Yeah, wow, so, I would like to see him use it once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so listen, if I think we could see similar to what we saw, because Derek Lewis also he he's shown the ability to when he gets taken down miraculously get back up i'm not sure if he's going to be able to do that but if he can defend the takedown uh i think he he could test verdum's chin uh and it could it could end up a lot how steep a verdum ended up with uh him trying to chase chase after him or do whatever he's doing and it takes one shot from from Derek lewis well i don't think verdum's gonna shoot on him. you rarely see verdum shooting yeah. but he he involves more trips yeah uh, like getting someone against a cage and just overwhelming them like yeah in terms of pressure like i think with verdum you're going to see a lot of in this fight just using a lot of kicks where it's leg kicks, butt yeah. kicks. He just wants to wear down Derek mm-hmm. Lewis because we all know Derek Lewis's cardio is very questionable. Yeah, that's the big so, question. So, And especially looking at, back at that Charles Brown fight, he's very susceptible to kicks to the body. body. Mm-hmm. And Verdum is just very crafty with those kicks and just, you know, the knees that we did to Mark Hunt yeah. a couple of years ago. Like, Verdum doesn't get enough credit for being an excellent striker. Like, yeah. he's really... He's developed game. Yeah, yeah. He knocked out Overeem too, mm-hmm. didn't he? Yeah. So he brings a lot of tools to the table that I wonder if Derek Lewis can prepare for. I'm also kind of skeptical what we're gonna see from Lewis because, wow, you know, you're technically Time. retired in June and now he's back in October. Yeah. He's been complaining about back injury for like six years now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I haven't seen those videos, but I do wonder what shape he's gonna be in considering that you know last June did not go well for him at yeah. all. He looked 
pretty yeah. i don't want to say embarrassing but it was, it was painful to watch at mm-hmm. times so i know he's coming back with a lot of motivation but i just four months is not a long time yeah MMA. There, there's definitely a lot of question marks surrounding Derek lewis um the biggest one is the cardio. The second biggest, if not actually the biggest, would be that back injury. I'm I'm assuming he wouldn't come back if it wasn't fully healed. Yeah, but he's always talked about in interviews about how much yeah. he loves those paychecks. He's getting paid six figures now, and yeah, to get somebody like Verdum, I think, is like a big deal. So I could, like, he's admitted like in the past that he hasn't trained mm-hmm. for fights. Like against Marconi, he's like, yeah, I just went there because I was getting a big paycheck, yeah. getting a main event. Now, this isn't a main event, but I believe this is Derek Lewis's first ever fight on pay-per-view. So, that could have been another incentive for him. Mm-hmm. So, this is true. Look, he's a warrior. You know he's always going to bring it for how long, we don't know. But I, I do wonder what his outlook is because I, like, even though he's capable of pulling off these spectacular, brutalizing knockouts, it's just someone as versatile, someone as well-rounded as we're doing. It's, it's yeah. going to be a big challenge. No, I, I agree with you 100%. I'm going off of these videos that I've seen, which is not the best way to make Jesus. picks. But I'm going Derek Lewis by by TKO in the second round. Going off of Instagram evidence that possibly could be <laughs> edited, but hey, I, I love the Black Beast, but no, I think Verdum's gonna win by decision. I could see, I could see a third round being pretty dull after Verdum kind of overwhelms. I, I it'll be somewhat competitive, like it'll be fun the first round. But I do think Verdum's gonna watch out for the leg kicks. I think yeah. he's gonna throw a lot of them, and then if against against the cage, like he could get a third round TKO if he lands those knees. Like mm-hmm. if you want to watch a crazy fight, when he fought Roy Nelson, this was his yeah. first fight back in the UFC. He he had Roy. In, in the clinch, just damn, like not even that beard could protect it. Like he, <laughs> like oh, if it wasn't Roy Nelson, easily would have been knocked out. But I think that tie clinch for Doom just uses beautifully, and uh, I could just see it pick apart. I don't think this fight's really going to go to the ground. I don't see Verdum yeah. shooting. Like, I could see this being a little bit like Verdum, Travis Brown, the second fight, which I know was pretty lackluster. But mm-hmm. Verdum, that's who he is, man. If he sees. That he could win clean, and he's not going to risk getting to a brawl with a brawler. Mm-hmm. He's too smart for that. Yeah. And we do have to also note that. Do you think Verdum throws the flying karate kick again? He I did mean, it every different. round against Overeem. What, what would you do if Derek Lewis does it? <laughs> oh, jeez. Would you be surprised, really? I stop watching this sport because <laughs> I know nothing greater would ever happen. <laughs> Oh, he's gonna be throwing dirt because Derek Lewis throws some wild kicks. He throws those, those those like double high kicks or whatever the hell he's trying. They're to beyond do. predictable and they never work, but it is a, it's a fun visual. Yeah, it's it's impressive to watch a guy that size be able to kick somebody in the head. Yeah, that, that's ridiculous. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's all that he's doing that for. Well, well put. But I, the thing with Derek Lewis is like he doesn't really watch film. Like I can just <laughs> see him just stand there and taking that kick, and it's just like what? But, like, I would hope his coaches would tell him that that's coming. Because yeah, man, like. Because I've I listened to his interviews. He's my favorite interview in MMA. Yeah, but he, he, he talks about it. He's like, yeah, I really don't watch fights. I only order pay-per-views. So I, I, if Verdum starts running at him and throws that karate kick, oh, my God, that would be hilarious. So. Getting into the, the next fight. Oh, did you you had your decision? was Yeah, I'm going to overdo it by decision. Or, yeah, okay. I, I know it's a bit of a low prediction. But yeah. I, I just I don't trust Derek Lewis fighting at a high pace for 15 minutes. All right, and then we get into our two title fights, starting with the co-main, which we had discussed earlier. Um, unfor- well, well I'll, let me introduce it first. It's Ray Borg versus Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, or as we talked about last time, Demetrius Mighty Johnson, uh, if that's how he's going now. Yeah, I'm not going to really get behind that. <laughs> um, 
we are recording this a little bit early, so if this if, if Ray Borg fails to make weight or pulls out or something happens, uh, this is still going to be on here. You, that's you, not you, on us. Yeah. <laughs> but um, is there anything like new you want to add, or what do you want to talk about uh, as far as this fight goes? Uh, I'm a little skeptical. I know Borg did an interview with Ariel and was talking about how he's healthy and all this, but to go one month later, it's yeah. just. Like I wonder, and I wonder how he responded going back into training camp. Like I wonder, you know, how much weight does he have to lose now, given yeah. that it's another month? Because you know, Money Mouse discipline. It's yeah. It, there's no concern about him. It's about mm-hmm. Ray Borg and what he brings to the table. And I just, I thought, I thought this fight was a mismatch the first time, yeah. and I don't see how it could possibly be any different this time around, given that Borg doesn't help that his health is in question, but he's also pretty limited. Yeah, uh, so the, f- the first time we picked this, I picked the decision. There's no way I'm going with the decision for much of the reasons that you just said. <laughs> um, I mean, the only intriguing thing about this fight is the fact that, that Demetrius is going for the record. That's literally all that it's... It's it's only importance that ha- this fight even has to me. I think I think uh, I'm more interested in, in, in Cejudo. I think Cejudo's... Cejudo or Pettis, which I believe could be being booked. It's in the process think, of yeah, being booked. Yeah, for December or something. Yeah, so... I mean, I'm more interested in in that that fight. Whoever wins that to get uh, Demetrius for the next one. But I mean, I'm I'm going Demetrius Johnson by whatever he wants in the second. I want first. first uh, I picked first round rear naked you go before that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm gonna probably stick with that because he does everything at a world class level. What more can you say? Yeah, yeah I could see him just. He's gonna be complete control of fight i can see borg being very hesitant maybe first round he just wants to do a feeling out process but there's no feeling out process with yeah. Mouse. he comes after you mm-hmm. and if you want to be aggressive like henry sudo did you're gonna pay for it yeah so to me it's just a lose-lose but for borg's sake hopefully makes it and at least puts on somewhat of a competitive fight yeah there's n- there's nothing really to add to that you you kind of oh one other question it's been some of a topic i not really sure why, but I understand why people are going to talk about it because it's just something about the fight. Like, you, it's a tough fight. You need to think of some kind of storyline. What do you make of this being a co-main, not headliner? I mean, so I know um, there was the the talk of... Uh, well, Ariel put it that um, I think Kevin Lee and, Fer- and Tony Ferguson was booked as the main before, and you don't really want to push someone down just because you're, you're rebooking a fight. Uh uh, to be honest with you, I think the main event is the better fight. I think everyone thinks the main event is the better fight. So if you're going off strictly that standpoint, it's kind of obvious. Um, if if they wanted to rebook Reborg Demetrius Johnson for another time and made it the main event, okay. But if you're going to do that at this point, then it's going to have to be on a like a Fox card or even a fight night. And it, Demetrius probably doesn't want to do that again. I mean, I don't yeah. really know if he cares. He's looking for all that pay-per-view. Yeah for whatever it is but so i personally don't have any issue with it i think it was the right decision um it, it is a little bit weird that it's an interim title fight for the is is the main event and then you have an actual title fight for the yeah that's main. the whole discussion yeah. but it's like that's what it is you know flyweight fight it just can't headline pay-per-views and the lightweight it, there's a lot of stuff that could go down with this fight yeah. and just with the division itself so i could totally understand why it's getting that recognition Listen, Bellator for NYC had a title fight on the prelims uh, with the, oh, with the Bader, right. Bader yeah. Phil Davis. Had can't, then, bl- can't blame him. Then had, <laughs> then had Lorenz Larkin uh, versus... Uh, no, no, not Lorenz Larkin. It was the Chandler uh, uh, Primus. Yeah, well, Lorenz Larkin was there against Lima. Oh, yeah. That was the opener. Yeah so, yeah, so there were three title fights in the main event. <laughs> main event was Chill, chill Sonnen. So, uh, oh, God. 
So, listen, this isn't the end of the world. I don't think it's really that big of a deal. I, mean, I think people are just bringing it because it's history. Like, Mighty Mouse could yeah. do it. And, but I think people are realized now UFC clearly doesn't value him that all that much. Yeah. Like, we could say, oh, he's in commercials and all that. And, oh, he's there. such a great representation of the sport. I don't think they really value him that highly. They still don't the flyweight division. You heard those comments from Dana. They were ready to shut it down a couple years ago. Yeah. And it wouldn't surprise me if they shut it down eventually. It's a sad reality, but... I just don't know what the division provides at this point, minus maybe another fight with Zahudo or Pettis. Yeah. It's a sad world we live in, folks. Sorry. <laughs> but anyway, main event time. Oh, boy. Tony Ferguson, number seven ranked, as uh, some fighters are quick to point out. Eddie Alvarez has uh, been vocal about, but Kevin Lee, I think, is more than worthy of this shot. Yeah, I agree 100%. I, I really have no problem with the number set. I mean, Cody won the belt at number five. Uh, I, this is a little bit different, but... Jeez, we had a phone drop on <laughs> the table. A lot of technical difficulties. Uh, but so the, the top of the division, you, Khabib's not fighting anytime soon. Who knows what's going on with Connor? They're saying he's not going to fight again this year. Uh, so you have you have booked, you have Gaethje and Eddie Alvarez. <coughs> um, I mean, I'm, Edson Barbosa. Like, there's really not that much at the top to, to say that. Oh, Kevin Lee's not deserving of this t- this title shot. Um, so I don't have a problem with him getting the title shot. Uh, I'm not really a, a quote-unquote slave to the rankings. I really could care less what the UFC ranks people. I don't think too many people really care about rankings. I don't think I know a person that does. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, as far as this fight outside of that whole cloud and, and the whole cloud of Khabib and Connor and like what's going on there, like this is a really good fight. Yeah, stylistically, you're talking about two very active first, two very well-round first incredible grapplers yeah you, you could put up highlight reels of what they've done the yeah. outcome it's just you know tony ferguson's darsan barbosa what mm-hmm. kevin lee did to kiesa i know yamasaki called it, but still damn impressive given yeah. kiesa's credentials yeah. so i think that's the most fascinating part of this fight just if it goes to ground who's gonna be advantage and both are massive i yeah I've heard interviews where lee and ferguson both said they walk around at 190 195 so i'm i wonder who has the strength advantage in this one yeah I mean, it, uh, for Tony Ferguson is is the taller guy. I think he's like six feet, six one. He's, he he seems a little bit longer. I think their reach is identical. Um, Kevin Lee seems like he has a little bit more muscle on him. He's like a really well oh, built. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's incredible. Yeah. Um, the thing I worry about Kevin Lee uh, is I'm not sure his chin has been really tested. You had the Santos knock him out. With the, with the straight and he's he was stunned again. it wasn't Kiesa what, I forgot what I like Kenta maybe he got hit with like a, just a straight punch and he kind of like he keep like he just like he, he I mean he ate it all he, he wore like sh- shook it I off he made Trinaldo yeah so he you you gotta wor- I, that's just one worry I have as he's getting to fight a guy like Tony Ferguson who has all these weapons he said he's he's uh he's sharpening the blades with his elbows and uh yeah, that, that's one worry. That's like the one worry I have with Kevin Lee. Um, yeah, but at the same time, man, he, he's so well-rounded. I think he's great for the sport. Uh, he has this very abrasive personality that some people may like it, some people may not, but it's really good for the UFC. Um, I think I think fans, if they're watching this pay-per-view and they don't really know too much about Kevin Lee, and if he wins this fight, I think fans would... I mean, obviously everyone wants to see Diaz McGregor, but... I don't think fans would have a problem with Kevin Lee McGregor. I think they could build a great fight. Um, 
Now, I'm not saying he's going to win, uh, but I'm just saying, like, I think he's a great fighter for the UFC. He's a young guy. There's a lot to like about Kevin Lee. Yeah, and he just overpowers his opponents. Like, yeah. I, I, I didn't expect him to be this good a wrestler. Like, when yeah. he, he first fought Ikenta a couple of years ago, and he looked really good mm-hmm. considering how good Ikenta is. And I didn't expect him to be like, he's uh, held his own in terms of wrestling and just mm-hmm. what he's done the past couple of fights. And he's just so explosive. And he gets you on the ground. He kind of does whatever he wants. Now, yeah. I don't really see him do it like it's totally given yeah. how credential Tody is. But I th- Stylistically, I think that's the most fascinating part. Uh, I do question what's like on the feet because Tony is just so ridiculously yeah. creative. Yeah, like you saw against those signups, he just loves mixing up. He'll throw spinning elbows, throw back fists, mm-hmm. those wild kicks. Like Tony, he he's just in there and he's having a good time. He keeps his hands low. Like it's just unbelievable how much confidence that he has. Yet both fighters just fight with extreme confidence. Yeah. Like I don't think you'll find two more confident fighters. Yeah, I agree. But I think Tony has way more weapons. I think, yeah, so I think Kevin Lee, He, I mean, these interviews, you never know what to take as an interview, is what, if that's what they really believe. But I think Kevin Lee speaks his mind. And he said that um, one of the reasons why he loved to fight Kiesa is because uh, he knew that he doesn't break in as far as in the octagon mentally. Uh, he would have to be broken physically. He said the same thing about Tony Ferguson, where he kind of called out guys like, he called out Connor and he called out uh, um, Edson Barbosa and said, these guys break mentally in there. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how much you could say that about Connor. I, like, that's besides the point. But he he said he looks forward to that kind of that kind of fight because it means that he has to actually go in there and not use like his his trash talking and his tactics, and he has to actually go out there and physically break somebody. And he said you saw it with Kiesa. I physically broke broke him. I dominated him. Whether or not he tapped, at the fight was over. Um, so I'm really looking forward to this fight. I think I might be in, in the minority here. I'm going. I think Kevin Lee is going to. F- Get the get the win. Not only get the win, I think he's going to get the finish. Fourth round rear naked choke victory to continue the streak. I think he has three straight, or it might be two straight. And then I know he knocked out Jake Matthews. Um, no, I think five straight. Five straight finishes. Oh, okay. finishes. Uh, four straight finishes. And then three re straight rear naked choke yeah. victory. Yeah. So I'm 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 making it four here. Uh, probably in the minority. I think I think Tony Ferguson, like you said, is better credentialed. Um, and he's fought. Yeah, he's fought way stiffer competition. He's fought top five. Yeah, former yeah, champions too, and uh, Dos Anjos, and uh, Josh Thompson is yeah. another one. I think that's the first time I really recognized Ferguson was when he he just dismantled Josh Thompson, just threw him down. Yeah, and I just I just think Tony Tramp and Big Bear with uh, mm-hmm. that's T Ortiz's yeah. old old stomping grounds, and I just like the foundation he has around. Him. He's trained with Eddie, Eddie Bravo a lot. Mm-hmm. He's done a lot. Of, uh, I think he worked with Gaslam and this camp so that's another thing to keep in mind like, like even though Ferguson I do think could eventually pay for like his antics because he, he keeps his hands down a lot yeah and that's a concerning for someone that's not necessarily that explosive like Tony's very uh creative and yeah he loves mixing up and he knows how to keep his opponents on his toes but yeah. I don't see Tony as this like super quick guy he's yeah. just he's just unpredictable. so weird yeah and he does the rolls that goes on he tries yeah, to ankle, ankle pick him pick. yeah <laughs> which is just uh, if he tries against Kevin Lee it's a bit worried yeah. but he did against Los Angeles and he didn't pay for it so yeah. I, it's it's crazy how Ferguson uh, he truly enjoys being in there mm-hmm. and he just embraces every moment like you saw Los Angeles fight he was dancing and everything like yeah. if we see that that's when you know the, the tide's turning but uh, I wonder and this is Kevin Lee's first 25 minute fight right? yeah so that's also a little bit concerning, considering, you know, Tony just fought in Mexico. Yeah. 
That's yeah. Doesn't get much more legit than that. Twenty five minutes. Yeah. And there. I mean, and we, we talked about uh, Kevin Lee cuts a lot of weight. I mean, I know last time for his last uh, for the Kiesa fight, he put like a picture on the scale. Like I think it was a few hours after the weigh in, and he was back up to like one eighty five or something. And it was like that can't yeah, be. That cannot be real. Yeah. Like it's, it's <laughs> ridiculous how how like much he ends up gaining back. But uh, I'm going th- Ferguson. Uh, I'll go third round TKO. He's gonna be smashing with elbows against the fence. I just, I don't know how Kevin Lee's gonna respond on defeat. Yeah, and I do worry about that. And I do wonder about him getting not emotional, but a little over aggressive because mm-hmm. he's someone that lives off forward pressure. And yeah, uh, Tony he could counter you. And yeah, we saw against Barbosa, he it just takes one shot. Like he has legit knockout power for us. Yeah. and I know he hasn't like uh, dropped somebody, but. He's somebody that could rattle you, yeah. and I could see him just getting on top of Kevin Lee, and I'm not sure if Kevin Lee could withstand the pressure against a truly elite lightweight. So yeah. I'm going to go first and third round, TKO. I think we have two We have two differences on our picks. We have that. I have Lee, you have Ferguson, and then I have Lewis, and you have Verdum. At least you made a better case with uh, Lee compared to Instagram videos with the Black <laughs> I, listen, I could never pick against the Black Beast. You could throw I him. love Derek Lewis. Yeah. Like he's he's just one of my guys, but I I think it's a rough matchup for him. But hey, he keeps fighting top tier heavyweights, foreign champions. He can get more experience, and maybe he'll get up there one yeah. day. We'll see that uh, highly anticipated Nganu fight. Yeah, uh, we also we have a. I don't know what I was about to say. I just I'm just saying things now. Just saying. Yeah, I, I was I was gonna bring up the DC Stipe kind of situation, but I don't. That's not even need to be. Yeah, concerned. I don't know what to make of that at this yeah. point. It it would be a pretty cool fight. Yeah. Given how both you know, Cormier's experience at heavyweight and Stipe doesn't really have an opponent, and who knows what Kane's situation is. So yeah, that would be. I could I could get behind that, yeah. but. It's just, yes, yeah, it's, it's kind of random, yeah. but in a good way, random. Like it's not just like, oh, get this out of here. Yeah. But I, I wonder how much steam those buy. It. Do people really want to see that? Yeah, I mean, uh, apparently, Stipe uh, Volcan is, is happening. That's what I think he put. I mean, the, DC Volcan. I said Stipe. Yeah. Oh, Jesus, I'm losing my mind here. Um, yeah, so we'll see. Yeah, I, it's just, uh, I don't know where they're going with the heavyweight division. And you always hear us talk about super fights and just two champions fighting yeah. each other, but it never happens. That's why I always, I'm just like, oh, really? Is it going to happen? Like, I'm always skeptical because we never really seen it, two champions actually fighting each other. Like, Dos Anjos McGregor was supposed to be the one yeah. that, uh, I'm not going to sound fortune broke on because that created the greatest rivalry in MMA history, yeah. but but they rarely book it. They like structure, even though lately WME, you don't really see as much structure mm-hmm. given what's going on with Connor and all that. But uh, I'm in the let's see it mode. Like, I, yeah. I'm not going to really get buzzed about Steve Cormier. And it's also, uh, like, Cormier fought Jones incredibly well. Like, it was a damn good point, especially now looking yeah. back on it. But I do still wonder how much Cormier has left because he's getting older mm-hmm. and he's fought a lot of rounds. Yeah. He's not someone like Stipe that's been getting their first round and getting out. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. So, Eric, where can we find on Twitter? You guys can find me at it's underscore Delgado, I-T-S underscore D-E-L-G-A-D-O right on Twitter. Alan? You can find me at Alan underscore Stark. That's A-L-L-E-N underscore S-T-R-K. You can find us on iTunes. You can check us out at SoundCloud. Any other... Nope, just no. <laughs> just those two. Those are There's the- so many different places you can find podcasts these days. Yeah. I like I know Stitcher's still out there, but I believe that SoundCloud and iTunes those are the two most successful places. Yeah, that you it's most popular. So we got we're trying to push that, and 
yeah, uh, I'm kind of digging this car. Like, it's a little bit under the radar. I, I love the heavyweight fight because one of my f- known sayings in MMA is that we get five to six high-level heavyweight fights a year yeah. because the vision's so shallow. So whenever there's, like, a true high-level heavyweight fight between two guys, at least in the top ten, if not top five, I generally get excited about it. Like, Ngannou Overeem is going to be pretty yeah. insane. Like, the, I don't even know. Like, when we do that preview, I'm going to be, like, giggling half the time because I just... <laughs> I think it's just a remarkably crazy fight. Who knows what could happen? But uh, between that and the stack lightweight division, yeah. I think we got a lot to offer. And Demetrius. Yeah. Uh, Making think history. Unquestioned pound for pound best right now. Yeah. So you got to enjoy that for what it's worth. So. Yeah. The, the biggest thing for me is, is the, the lightweights. Uh, you're seeing a lot of guys who aren't well-known, maybe per se. Um, but it's still it's a stacked. It just shows how stacked this division is. Absolutely. So. All right, we'll be back next week to recap this.